You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Happy Friday from Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, September the 18th, and it's time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and back with us this week is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, nice to hear from you. Hey, Craig. uh, Good to be back with you. Unfortunately, there were some uh, family health issues that I had to deal with uh, last week, so I apologize for not updating folks, but... uh, we're uh, we're coming coming up to speed here. Hey, family comes first. There's no doubt about that. And it's just nice to have you back. And hey, before we get going, just a reminder that one of the things you can always find at Sprott Money is all sorts of free information, whether it's blog posts from some of the writers that uh, post things every week at Sprott Money to our Ask the Expert segment. We do one of those every single month. This month, the expert will be Rob McEwen legendary uh, gold investor and, of course, CEO of McEwen Mining. If you have any questions for Rob, send them in to us using the email address, the word submissions at SprottMoney.com. Again, submissions at SprottMoney.com, and we'll try to work them in. And we got a lot of questions we'll try to work in from some of our regular listeners too, Eric. But let's start with some of the things that have gone on this week. It's been a, a wild week in terms of uh, fiscal policy or monetary policy. Uh, a lot of things happening, a lot of things not happening. I'm sure you've got some thoughts on it. Sure. Well, um, I haven't. I don't spend as much time looking at the overall economic stuff as I used to, uh, because I think whatever people are projecting has never seemed to be based on reality. And even the numbers we get, you know, when somebody reports something and it beats the estimate, I mean, it's such a, a weak guidepost. The estimate, the estimate's always weak, of course. And then it's a little better than the weak estimate. We're all supposed to get excited about it. But I would guess and sort of what I see happening is we had kind of a weak retail sales number uh, for August. We had July revised down. Uh, We had, for example, car sales in Europe were down 20% in August. Now, that's not not a very interesting-looking V, by the way. That almost looks like it's starting another V uh, going the opposite direction. Um, we had housing starts come, kind of come in below where people thought they would because the rental market just cratered. And, of course, we know why the rent, nobody wants to build a rental home because most of the people living there are the ones who are affected by the economic recession that we're in. Uh, so that's been weak as well. Uh, I would say one of the things that we have to worry about ec- economy-wise is we have an election coming up here in, what, less than six weeks? And I, for the life of me, can't figure out what's going to happen if either guy gets elected because there's going to be this bipolar thing where the people who lose get so utterly dismayed by the result that uh, who knows what might happen. So it's a scary thought, actually. I mean, uh, November 4th could be a kind of an ugly day or the night of the 3rd might be an ugly day uh, in various cities around uh, the United States. So... I, you know, if I was an American institution with stocks and it's and there's an election coming up, I don't. I think I might be trimming a little here, and and we're seeing some weakness, general weakness in the market uh, for the last couple of weeks. Um, we saw the Fed come out with kind of a blasé kind of uh, projection and statement and support level. Nothing changed. Uh, I, in one way, I find it shocking that the market demands more of the Fed. I mean, they've given pretty well anything you could possibly give them. Right. Your interest rates are almost zero. We print money. Almost anybody can borrow money. The only people who can't borrow money, you know who they are? Those are businesses 
where there was this loan uh, opportunity created with $800 billion in it, where you go to your bank and you say, i got a working capital problem, can I lend the money? They've only lent out 2% of the money because the banks won't lend it. <laughs> and I find it shocking that banks, who probably earn 25 to 30% of all profits in the United States, would take that attitude that in t- tough times, we're not helping. We're doing the opposite of helping. And I think there'll be a great price to pay for this. And, of course, those stocks have acted sick anyway because there's no, no margin either because the, the rates are so low. So I'm really concerned economically going forward here. As I say, I don't spend as much time looking at it because I want to focus on what's going to work. And, of course, what's going to work uh, will be uh, the precious metals. So we can focus on that. I hear you there. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I was kind of a surprise. Well, maybe not. Astonished would be a better word that the reaction to Powell announcing that it was going to continue at $120 billion a month in QE and zero rates to 2023, that somehow that was not dovish enough. Eric, my goodness gracious. But nonetheless, the metals have held in there. It feels like it's been a down week, but actually, as we speak, uh, gold's up about half of 1%, and so is silver. So, And the shares are doing even better. Well, one of the funny things is, uh, I mean, I look at the, the COMEX every day to see what's going on. And the day of the Fed... Uh, announcement, there was a very anomalous thing that happened in the gold market, and that was that there was uh, 13,000 EFPs that day. And typically, you know, they're one to two, and they were Uh 13,000. And and then the next day, yesterday, there was almost 7,000 EFPs. Now, that's 20,000 contracts, 2 million ounces, $4 billion, all the while gold's gyrating, but not doing much. Um, and one of the other strange anomalies in the, uh, in the COMEX gold market is that I'm kind of looking back and I'm going to just guess that I'm seeing uh, about 30 days, maybe 25 days in a row, that whatever the spot month is, the number of contracts goes up every day. In other words, someone comes in and asks for physical delivery. Here's, my, here's the contracts I want to buy. I want physical delivery from these contracts. So we've had something like, well, we might end up with about 2,000 contracts of physical delivery in gold that weren't on first notice day. They're right. in addition to first notice day. I think first notice day was like about 6,000, but just the fact that it happens every day. And even in silver, it happened yesterday where uh, we had deliveries of 305, but the, the open interest in the month didn't go down by 3,005. It only went down by about 160. So we ended up picking up 105, sorry, 155 new contracts in silver, uh, which is not insignificant. And these, these are oddities. Normally, the commodity markets, that open interest in the spot month tends to go down every day marginally. But we're seeing the opposite of that. So uh, I think the outlook for gold is good. I, like, I personally like the fact that the open interest in gold is rising. Okay, Notwithstanding these EFPs and del- deliveries and all that, because I think... It's it's really the, uh, the 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 big eight shorts the commercial banks trying to keep a lid on the thing, right? Because if we go back through two thousand dollars, I mean, you know, Katie Bardor here because uh, this could go crazy. I think the average institution who owns bonds should be thinking about getting out of bonds and into gold. I mean, it's a natural trade here. You're trying to create inflation, and the bond bondholders a loser right. by definition. 
the Fed policy states that you're a loser if you own bonds and you're a winner if you own gold. Well, why don't you make the trade? And, of course, we've seen it in a few instances, but I think we'll see a lot more of that. Yeah. And, you know, to that end, just I want to add two things. You mentioned those EFPs because that was a sudden surge. They went to maybe 1,000 or 2,000 a day, as you said, after everything broke back in late March. But suddenly we had 13,000 a couple of days ago. Um, if I might just plug my own site for a second, I spoke with our friend Andrew McGuire yesterday. And there's a podcast right at the top of the TF Metals Report homepage uh, with Andy. And he addressed that. And where I was a little bit concerned about that, he thought it was great. Because he thinks basically there's no place else for anybody to go to get gold. That the, they've turned well, the COMEX into a physical market, and that's where they have to go to get it. Yeah. yeah. And, and but of course, the big question I have is, do they get it? You well, know? yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> you and I both watch these exchange for physicals, which are ginormous amounts, by the way, yeah. for a month. I mean, if I was to look at this last month, the exchange for physicals, I'm just looking at my sheets here. I mean, we're probably 40,000 contracts just in the last 15 days. Right. Well, that's four million ounces of gold. That's about what we produce in a month. Not quite. We produce it with seven a month, but and oh, that's just in fifteen days, by the way. Yeah. So maybe by the end of it, we we will have exchanged for physical the whole month's mining production, which I don't really believe people are getting the physical. Somehow there's some accounting entry happening over there that I owe you, and you'll get from me, but we're not going <laughs> to deliver it. So we what just do won't I know? tell anybody. Yeah, right. Hey, and yeah. along those one other thing that uh, we did not discuss a couple of weeks ago when this came out, but it ties into what you mentioned. You remember uh, Warren Buffett giving kind of tacit approval to all the institutions to start buying gold. And shortly thereafter, did you see the story about that little itty bitty, really itty bitty Ohio pension fund buying gold? Did you Absolutely. see that one? Yeah, absolutely. Five I mean, percent of their portfolio, no less. Yeah, and that was six. I mean, it's the Ohio Fire and Police Pension Fund. I mean, there's hundreds of these things in the U.S. alone. Sixteen yeah. billion dollars. They want to put five percent in gold. Now, I don't know if they'll buy the GLD or what they'll do, but nonetheless, that's eight hundred million dollars at two thousand dollars an ounce. That's four hundred thousand ounces. Yeah, I know. It's it's a lot of gold. That's just and one. I I just. I'd much rather stick to the, you know, if everyone had to have 5%, the, the, all the gold and all the stocks in the world aren't one today. And we're not creating more stocks and we're not creating more gold. Gold grows at 1.5% a year, the amount of gold in the world. How do you get from 1% to 5 which is a change of 400%? There's only one way, and that is the prices go up. Yeah. And speaking of prices go up, going up, I mean, I've seen a lot of stocks, and, and particularly you know, names that people don't recognize. And fortunately, I've invested in some of these things. And all of a sudden, you look at it, and, oh, my God, it's up 10 times. And oh, look at that, it just tripled in the last month. And, you know, the interest is coming back here. And it's going to take no buying uh, of any substantial amount to change the price of these things. So I think that uh, supports the, the thought that, you know, these stocks can go like substantially higher from here. And, and certainly from the producer point of view, even on a cash flow basis, they're dirt cheap. So, yeah. you know, I think there's uh, lots of excitement there, been lots of great drilling. We should talk about a few of the stocks, but I think generally you can sense that uh, these pensions, pension funds, and other major institutional investors will be looking to gold and gold shares to diversify their portfolios. Yeah, absolutely. And again, someone, you know, like Buffett, given that kind of tacit approval, should open a few eyes, that's for sure. 
Um, Eric, before we get into some of the individual stocks, I thought this was a fun question uh, because this is going to be helpful, hopefully going forward for just about everybody. Uh, a, a gentleman wrote in and said he's got about like a 25 bagger in something called Greatland Gold. And I was sitting here thinking uh, as you were speaking, I've got one similar. You had told us all, geez, I, two, three years ago about something called DeGray Mining down in Australia. And that thing's gone from like five cents to a dollar. And so yeah. you get these uh, 20 baggers and 25 baggers, however you want to put it. The question was, uh, what, what is a proper sell signal for something like that? Is it, is it the market cap reaches a certain level? Does it value the metal in the ground at a certain level? I mean, because hopefully this is a problem all of us are going to have. We got to figure out what to do when prices get up that high. Yeah. Well, let me assure the listeners, it's not market cap, Okay. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I've bought something very, very well. Uh, for example, when I bought Gold Corp at uh, probably $5 a share back in 2000, something like that. And, you know, I probably uh, sold it when its market cap got to be $700 million, And it went to, I think, $15 billion. So don't use the fact that something's gone up a lot as a reason to sell it. It's, it's got to do with relative value. Where, where else can I put the money based on what I know today about company X, and whether it's ounces in the ground, whether it's going to be future production, um, future cash flows, future dividends, something, and compare it to other opportunities. And so, for example, I mean, I've used you know, the example of me selling some Kirkland Lake because it had gone up a lot, and, and, and it was trading at a semi-decent multiple, but I could go and find things that were cheaper, that were overlooked, that the market was paying no attention to. One of them I think of is Jaguar that I paid eight and a half cents for, which is effectively 85 cents based on the stock price today. It's trading at $8 about a year and a bit later. So there's a 10-bagger uh, where you're making that switch, and, and they both produce gold, and of course nobody was paying for the possible earnings coming out of Jaguar, or the dividend for that matter. Its, it's yield is already higher in Kirkland Lake Gold. So... Uh, you have you have to hunt around for uh, other opportunities. If it's way overvalued, vis-a-vis -vis other things, then fine, you sell it and and have something else to put it into. And ultimately, that's something else. You know, maybe someday it won't be a gold stock. You know, if they all go up as much as we think they're going to go up, someday we're going to probably have to switch from gold stocks to utilities or something. Yeah. You know, when when a real bull market starts, that's what always goes first with the utilities. So. Anyway, that would be my answer. All right. Very good information. Everybody should make a mental note of that. Uh, also noted, I think this was maybe late last week, it was announced that you'd uh, done a private placement with your friend and mine, Keith Newmeyer, at his company, First Majestic. A lot of folks wondering what you see there. Sure. Well, first of all, I have great respect for Keith. He stands in there as one of the only CEOs of a metals company who thinks about the metal, not the mining and the ore body. Think about the metal and what's gone on in, in the pricing of your product. And, of course, for all of us to think that the price of silver has been man manipulated for 35 years and what the hell can we do about it? And from time to time, Keith doesn't sell his silver because he sees that they've knocked it down. It's like when they knocked it down in March, okay? Fine. He decides not to sell silver. Two months later, the price has doubled. You know? Well, what, if everybody did that, there should have been no silver available down there. So it's important for these... Uh, CEOs that are running a silver producer or a gold producer think about the uh, price of their product. 
the reason I bought uh, First Majestic is the price of silver has gone up by, I think it's like 59% over its average price last year. And First Majestic has done zero. And, of course, they've had various issues with, well, first of all, the most uh, notable one is, the, of course, the COVID-19, uh, starting up some uh, new mining operations. Uh, but knowing Keith and the, the guys there, they're going to solve these problems. I think they'll be in the sort of the mid-20s, uh, millions of ounces of silver equivalent production. The price is way up. Imagine the price being $10 higher than it was two months ago, and the stock's almost done nothing. Yeah. Okay, enter Eric. I'll take it. You guys want to – and there's a big short position in it. There's a lot of naked shorts, I believe, in that stock. And I just think it's great value here for and, – and, of course, you can it, – it's, it's buyable, you know, like you can put serious money into it. Got a multi-billion-dollar market cap, so I like the opportunity. All righty, hey, we got the uh, seem like the old days. Uh, what was it la- late last week when Freegold announced some drill results, and it almost seemed like it didn't matter what they said they were going to smash the stock anyway, and that's what happened. Yeah, uh, were the results troublesome, or was it just the same old, same old? No, with the the the, the results, believe it or not, were great. Okay, but but they weren't what people were looking for, including myself. We would have hoped there would have been a high-grade intersection there, okay? We didn't get the high-grade intersection. But I'll tell you one thing we did get. We got a very, very long hole with excellent economic grades, better than their existing economic grades. Uh, I read a report that was written a couple, three years ago, said that, you know, their ability to go from 6.5 million ounces to 10 million ounces will be like shooting fish in a barrel. And that's what this drill hole is all about. You do a 150-meter step out, and you hit uh, in total about 200, I think it's 37 meters of, of uh, economic gold grade. Wow. Do you ever add ounces? You might have, you probably added at least a million ounces to the 6.5 million. And it's just the first, hole, first extension hole. We haven't even counted what the first hole might have added. Uh, and they've drilled other holes near the number one hole that had the high-grade intersection. I'm sure we'll get those results very soon. Uh, fingers crossed. I hope they can extend the uh, the high-grade area. Uh, there's lots of places to drill on this property. There were uh, something like 24 former uh, indications of mining on the property in different places. There were 6.5 million ounces taken out of the uh, streams around this ore body. Like it has all the signs of being big. It already has six and a half million dollar resource, a six and a half billion a million ounce resource at one time. So I'm hanging in there. I I wish I could buy, but I can't. I own such a large percentage. But uh, I'm hopeful that uh, the next couple of holes will right the ship here, and away we go. Another one that's had a lot of news lately that uh, several folks have written in want your comments on is Wallbridge. Yeah, and that's why I referenced the uh, the news release from I guess two weeks ago. And I actually forget the words, and I don't have it right in front of me here, but it was something like, we're greatly expanding the size of the Fenlon yeah, property. And, that's, and that, right. that's a pretty big word to say. And uh, they drilled, uh, they found an intersection 800 meters south of uh, their existing drilling. That was on the Balmoral property. Uh, they, fi- they found stuff 500 meters west of known intersections before. So they say they've got this 1.8-kilometer strike length. They're almost up to 1,000 meters of width, if you will. The depth, I mean, this thing could go very deep here. We have never found the bottom of this thing yet. And being in the Abitibi, 
the odds are it goes a long way down. Like I'm talking multi-kilometers here, okay? And I think the deepest hole we have is something like 950 meters. So we could still double it just with depth. And as you go to depth, the grade tends to improve. And because they've got these high-grade areas that would, I think, be mined first underground, that mine those, and then they'd uh, go and, and mine the, uh, the shear zones that, that go uh, about 90 degrees off of there. So it should be, I think, rather straightforward mining. You also got the open pit up in Area 51. You have, uh, it's going to be included in the GDXJ tonight. So at 4 o'clock, uh, actually it will be announced, I think, at 3.40 or 3.45, they announced that there'll be a market on close imbalance because the ETF's got to come in, I think, by 28 million shares. Hmm. So the last time this happened, the stock went up about well, over 10% in a day. So we're kind of hoping that that will happen again uh, this afternoon at 4 o'clock. So we'll stand by on that one. All righty. A lot of folks writing in this week about a company called Corora, which used to be called Royal Nickel. Yeah, Carrara. I stepped up my interest in that a while back. Um, they own the Beta Hunt Mine and the Higginsville operations. I think they have lots. They have lots of milling capacity now, and of course they have a huge tract of land. I don't even. I don't remember how big it is, but the number is something like 165,000 square kilometers or something like that. Rings a bell. Like these are huge tracts of land down in Australia, and of course there's been indications of. Uh, Precious metal endowment all over the place, and, and base metal endowment for that matter. Uh, they've got the royalties reduced on their beta hunt mine. Uh, I think they'll be drilling uh, to see if they can find another one of those Father's Day veins, which was two years ago, by the way. And I'm sure that my view is they're going to be all over the property. Okay, that's just what I think is going to happen. So, you know, hold on here. Any day you can get a really good announcement. Um, they're hoping to produce, I think the number is 100,000 ounces this year. Uh, Paul Hewitt has done a great job of uh, pulling things together there and uh, out finding and acquiring other ore bodies. So I think we're going to see a company whose production is going to grow pretty fast here. And uh, if you can buy things and, and not overpay, which I think you can do in Australia, they don't have quite the appreciation of of opportunities, I think, than that we do in North America. So I think there's probably are some pretty good opportunities down there. So I own it. I'm happy with it. Just the final two on my list, Eric. I think I recall some good news out of Discovery Metals. And then uh, you mentioned Jaguar yeah. earlier, but you might double back to that. Yeah. Well, let's go with Discovery. Mm -hmm. They had a 400 meter, 400 meter. Now, that's not a little inner. Just watch, walk 400 yeah, meters, okay? Look out your window and imagine 400 meters later. And for that whole 400 meters, you're in precious metal endowment. So they had a great hole. It was 400 meters. I think I'm, this is a week and a half or so. I think it was something like, oh, I don't know if I have the number right, but 130 or 160 grams. So highly, highly economic. Uh, it will raise the grade of the ore body that they've already defined that has uh, a billion ounce equivalent of uh, silver. Uh, so I just think this ore body is going to get bigger here. Uh, the price of silver is acting beautifully. I expect to see both silver and gold kind of break out here. They they keep attempting to break out, and then they kind of get pushed back. But I'm, I think the day is coming when they're going to make the big move here. And, you know, you might go to sleep one day at, and silver at 28, and the next day or next week it's at $35. So uh, Discovery, of course, has the largest ore body that I can find for the money, for the market cap. So it's my, sort of my favorite big exploration play in silver. 
And um, lastly, Jaguar. One thing I didn't even appreciate when I bought it. I was when I funded this just to keep them alive and give them an opportunity to turn around. I wasn't thinking about the exploration opportunities. Uh, I re- recently um, listened to uh, Vern Baker talk about the the opportunities to find gold on their existing properties, and, and they just bought the property from uh, I Am Gold. I think it was they bought like twenty six thousand hectares, and they already had twenty five thousand hectares so they got a lot of property down there and they're in what's called the iron quadrangle and it is, has a history of producing gold so uh, they have lots of places to go including uh, known ore bodies where the grade wasn't high enough well you know at nineteen hundred dollars the grade is high enough so i and he's got uh, he's got about an he, he could, he could uh, increase his production threefold and not have to build a new mill if you can imagine so He's in a wonderful opportunity to to make things go there. Uh, he's already had he earned uh, uh, what was it eighty cents in his his last quarter. No, that's wrong. That's the dividend I'm thinking of, and I'm got to do for the ten for one split. Uh, yeah, oh, no, it was uh, four, I think it was four cents, and so it would be forty cents. So they're making about a buck sixty annualized, and the stock's under eight dollars. So it's not as though anyone's paying up for this thing. They just paid a dividend. In fact, I received my first dividend check yesterday, and uh, I'm sure that dividend is very secure. And I'm I'm hoping that that dividend goes up here. So uh, we've already got uh, a nice coupon on it, and I think that coupon could likely rise, and the production would likely rise, and you know, it all comes together, and it's already up tenfold from where I bought it, but I think it could go a lot further. You were mentioning something to give you the magnitude of 400 meters. For you, Eric, that's a driver and two hybrids, isn't it? <laughs> no, for me, that's about three drivers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my friend. Uh, as we go to wrap up, I want to make sure I've touched all the bases. Anything else you want to pass along to everybody? Well, first of all, I, I should say, Rob McEwen, I, I mean, I really admire Rob McEwen, okay? I remember back in 2000 when I first got interested in uh, precious metals. He was the go-to guy. He was the guy that understood what had happened to gold and why the price was suppressed, and he spoke very well about it, and I, I will always admire him for being brave enough to come out and say the things that he said. And uh, he's still very, very, very upbeat about where the price of gold is going to go. I don't know what number he's using these days, but I know it's many thousands higher than where we are today. So he'll be uh, a great listen, and uh, he's uh, he's a great uh, he's a great student of the precious metals. So well worth listening to. No doubt about that. And again, if you have questions for Rob, we'll try to work them in. You can email him to us at submissions at SprottMoney.com. Also at SprottMoney.com, obviously, you're going to find about the best deals around on bullion and coins, but also storage. Uh, When it comes to storing your precious metals, you've got to have a trusted partner there, too. And some countries are more ideal than others. And SprottMoney only partners with the most secured, reputable vault services around the world. So, of course, you can always give us a call at 888-861-0775 if you have any storage-related questions. But also give us a call or go to SprottMoney.com if you're looking to acquire some metal. And, man, it is still the time to acquire some metal. I know you know that, Eric. Maybe you ought to go buy some today. I always buy some every day. <laughs> whether, whether or not, like, I, I probably have two warrants that are expiring this month, right? So I'll be putting more money into various things. But, the, I, I mean, I'm shown probably 10 opportunities every day, and 
Every now and then I get weak and buy one, so let's see what happens. <laughs> Keeps you busy. All right, my friend, you thank go. you so much. It was really valuable today, and uh, you gave us a lot of your time, and I know everybody listening really appreciates it, so thank you. Happy to do it. We'll look forward to next week. And from all of us, it's Brought Money News. It's BroughtMoney.com. Thank you for listening, and have a great weekend.